Hello and welcome to Creativity Time. I'm Anya. And I'm Katie. And we are your hosts. Our guest today is Shelby Stillwell. Shelby is a writer and avid traveler. She wrote and acted in The Writing Majors, a web series about famous writers living together at college. Her most recent project, Horizons, is a futuristic web series inspired by an H.G. Wells story and is running now. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us today. Um, and I see that actually your uh, Indiegogo goal was just reached today, so that's yeah, exciting. Congratulations! Yes, congrats! Oh, thank you so much. I got this text from Danny and says we did it. I was like, what? <laughs> what tea is everyone drinking? Shelby, what are you drinking? Um, there's actually like a German tea shop around the corner from my apartment, and so I went in there. And I'm drinking a spring green tea. And I guess in Germany, butterscotch is a spring flavor. So it's green tea and butterscotch. It's oh, really good. Wow, that, <laughs> that sounds, sounds awesome. Wait, what is, what is this tea shop called? I'm trying to remember the name of it. I just stumbled upon it. It's okay. over by the um, Clark and Division stop. Okay, I'll have to check it out. It's yeah. Nowhere near where I live, but... <laughs> What about you, Anya? What are you um, drinking? I am drinking mint melange from Trader Joe's. <laughs> so, no fancy German tea for me. Katie, what are you drinking, oh. Katie? Oh, yeah. And I am just having plain black tea tonight because my tea stores are running low and I need to make a trip to a tea place to get some more tea this week. Yeah. See, that's the thing with... Having a podcast. Sorry, that... there's a... <laughs> what does that sound? <laughs> it sounds so weird. It's like an ambulance going by. <laughs> it's so loud. But it's like, I'm it's so on my end, it's like choppy. So it's just like... Yeah, I was just like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely. Like a slide whistle. I think it's... Yes, there you go. Okay, are we good? Is it... <laughs> are you quite finished? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, that's the problem with having a show where you drink tea a lot. Yeah. Now I feel pressured yeah, to have out of fancy tea. Well, you don't want to drink the same tea too much because yeah. then everyone will... Everyone will get super bored and stop listening. Yeah, they'll stop listening to our podcast <laughs> our because we're drinking the same tea more than twice in a row. Um, let's <laughs> jump right in, I guess. Um, when did you know that you wanted to pursue creative endeavors? I guess I was involved in creative things kind of unknowingly ever since I was like a little kid. We would put on plays for our family and stuff when I would visit my cousins in the summer. But I think I recognized that I wanted to pursue something creative and specifically writing um, when I was in the third grade and I read Harry Potter and I kind of became obsessed with J.K. Rowling and was like, so this is the person that I want to be in the world. Uh, just that was the first real like reading experience where I was so drawn into the story and to this other world and thought that that was just like the coolest thing that anyone could ever do. And so that, that got me into writing and then it's just kind of spun into all different areas of creativity, I guess. From there, theater and writing has always been underlying main facet, I guess, of creativity. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And did you do something, like, when When did you know it was going to be, like, a serious interest that you were pursuing? I mean, really, when I was that young, when yeah. I was, like, eight, I just decided, which at the time, of course, I would come up with, well, I'm going to write at night, and I'm going <laughs> to 
you know, train dolphins at SeaWorld by day, or, <laughs> you know, I've yeah. had a million other things that I've come up with, but I'll do this during the day, and then I'll also do other creative things, um, but writing has always been the, yeah. I don't know, almost like the identity part of what I want to do, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, I have a similar experience. I mean, not just with Harry Potter, but being that age, I don't know, in third grade, I had a really good um, teacher, and she was, like, really creativity-focused, and we did, like, story workshops where we'd, like, write stories and, you know, critique each other, and, yeah, so that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. I, that's funny that, you know, it, it can happen that young. You can really yeah. decide that that's I guess what that's you want to what- do. Yeah, and that's, I guess, when I started, like, calling myself a writer, even though I I don't even know what I was writing, just, like, ridiculous little short stories or whatever, but that's when I I kind of realized I was a really shy kid, Mm -hmm. so I couldn't communicate well with people, but then I could write down whatever I was wanting to say. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of how I started identifying I'm a writer who Mm -hmm. also, you know, wants to do all these other crazy things. (laughs) Cool. And uh, what did you end up? Did you went to school, right? Uh, university. <clears throat> yes, I uh, went to the University of Oklahoma, um, and that's a funny story. There, I went in as a creative writing major, mm-hmm. and then kind of had this big realization that oh, I identify as a writer. I want to write, and I have absolutely nothing that I want to write about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was kind of the, the realization. I felt like anything I was writing was sounded too much like something that I'd already read or or if it was something coming from my life it was just boring like I I was just not interested in the things that I had to share and so I actually changed my major to international studies um, because I had started kind of traveling at that point Mm -hmm. Um, I had taken a trip to Italy and realized that that was something that I really connected with and it was opening up my my eyes to so many different things in the world and I thought I want to see more of this world and have more things to write about and go out and have some adventures and so then from that point I studied twice in school and with an international studies degree you get to go study abroad and get credit for whatever you take and it was great and so that yeah was going to became a part of was going to Italy like the first time you went abroad then yeah so it was my junior year of high school my world history teacher was leading one of those educational tours to Italy just for spring break uh, so it was one of those things where you're like on a tour bus all the time and they just take you to all the main sites and they're telling you about historical facts and I was just blown away by it like I thought that was the coolest thing that had ever happened and then now I, I couldn't imagine myself doing a tour bus tour <laughs> anymore it's kind of been like steps into the world of travel Um, really hadn't traveled at all before then I would visit family in California because I grew up in Oklahoma and most of my extended family was out there and that was kind of the extent of where we would go in a year is just to go see family and back so Italy was a huge jump (laughs) so how do you think all the traveling that you've done since then has informed your creativity and your writing and your process if it has Um, it Definitely just depends on the project. I think overall on any anything that I'm writing, any project that I'm doing has just given me a lot more confidence, a lot more, um, makes me feel a lot more like I can handle things. Whereas before I was very private with my writing, where I would write things down and maybe show it to one person. Whereas, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's something about going out into the world and going places and seeing the things that you can take on and handle and be mm-hmm. like, 
oh, I'm a capable human. This is cool. That <laughs> made like, charging out and actually pursuing projects collaboratively with other people. And I don't know. So for some reason, those were those things were connected for me where mm-hmm. I, kind of, I gained so much confidence in just my, myself and my abilities to say, okay, let's try doing things even if they're not specifically travel related. And then like on other, another part of it is that I do have um, just a lot of stories from traveling and a lot of different kinds of people that I've met. I grew up mm-hmm. in a very kind of homogenous community where it's a lot of just kind of one mindset. And so mm-hmm. I've been able to meet, meet so many interesting people that those characters can kind of creep into anything that I'm writing and just those different perspectives and ideas. Oh, cool. Yeah, I definitely think study abroad can like make you feel definitely like a more capable human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can like I take care just... of myself. <laughs> I don't know. I was still I yeah. was so nervous the whole time mm. during my study abroad. I don't know what it was like for you, Anya. <laughs> I, I think it was important just for me personally to step like away from I didn't get to really go away for school. I stayed very close to home. And so yeah. it was kind of that experience I think you're supposed mm-hmm. to have when you just go away to college. And that just happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's actually hilarious. <laughs> like, what? it's like, fire truck coming through. <laughs> but also, like, it cuts in and out. So it's just like, eh, eh, sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> But yeah, study abroad is definitely a very good experience. Yeah, yeah. I studied abroad twice and then I graduated and said, and now I'm going to go do this on my own. And that was like really the, the experience where I felt like, okay, life come at me. Yeah. <laughs> when I was able to just buy a one-way flight to Europe and say, I don't know here, but we're going to figure it out. <laughs> where did you study abroad? Yeah, I was just about to ask that. Um, so I, did a, I ended up doing a semester in Italy since that was what was on my mind from high mm-hmm. school. I did a semester in Arezzo, Italy, and then I did the semester at Sea Program. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. Where you actually, yeah, so you're living on a ship um, that's all just other college students and professors. Like Sweet Life of to, Zach and Cody on deck. It's exactly <laughs> like that, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. That was just like the coolest <laughs> network people. Um, did you ever get seasick? I didn't. Okay. Um, thankfully. I actually, that's when I started drinking ginger tea is because ginger good for seasickness uh yeah, other people on the ship were getting very sick it was not uncommon the first week of classes for people yeah. just to dart out of the room and you don't even question it yeah <laughs> oh man did you um or do you I guess uh do you keep a journal while you travel or anything like that yes but not as well as I should hmm. I always like start off and I'm very determined to keep a really good journal and then a week will pass and it's like oh no this is when anything interesting is happening, you're not, you're not thinking around about it. when you're also. So I have, I have a journal from every place that I've been, or like every big trip that I've taken, mm-hmm. and they all have totally different forms. So my semester at C1 has just a lot of ticket stubs from things with captions written on them and just lists of names of people that I met and short descriptions of them. And, and then other journals will be almost like a novel format where I just go and it's, let's tell the whole narrative of this trip and... Mm-hmm. How did you find the LIW world community? How did you decide to write a I web think, series? Did you choose that life or did that life choose you? <laughs> a little bit of both. Um, 
I think kind of like with most people, I was introduced to Liz Bennett Diaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually by Carly, who's the who plays Jane in the writing majors. Mm-hmm. Um, she had been trying to get me to get into Vlogworld, oddly technology diverse for a long time. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And then she says, okay, there's one that's Jane Austen. It's, it's video blogging and it's Jane Austen. I said, okay, I'll give it a try. <laughs> and then I just got so hooked and actually that spiraled me into the whole like world of digital media that I'm so interested in now like it, mm-hmm. that sparked a whole change um and so um I just have a lot of friends I was I was in a theater program in high school and so I have a lot of actor friends and people who want to be involved in film and things but we've tried doing projects a lot of different times and it's really hard to get everybody together and, mm-hmm. and to commit to a schedule all these things um, and so we had tried to do a web series that was just kind of out of our hands. Like it was, it was a much like a, the project was far too large for us to try to take on as a first project. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So we filmed a pilot of that and then scrapped it. And then that summer I went to VidCon for the first time. And that's kind of where I found that there was an LIW community because mm-hmm. there would be these awesome hangouts out on the, the lawn, not even in the convention center itself, uh, where people were talking about, you know, new Peter Wendy was, out there and I think Classic Alice people are out there and it was just really cool to get to talk to you, all of these other people who watched Sunny Lizzie but all of these other shows that I had started to kind of look into mm-hmm. um, and so that was the, the I had just graduated from university at that point and I spent the next months I was just living at home trying to save up money because I knew I wanted to go travel and I was losing my mind a little bit because I didn't have a creative outlet I was just going in um, I was working at a music school which was cool but it was just doing paperwork and stuff. And so, um, again, Carly, she always just gets me moving. <laughs> she, uh, I think, called me and said, okay, I'm going to be in town for, um, for winter break because she was still in school. She said, we should do some kind of project, which means, hey, Shelby, you're ready. <laughs> so uh, we kind of asked around to see who else was going to be in town and really just tried to tailor for our first project, the writing majors, around who we had available and the huge time constraint we had. We just had a couple of weeks, really, to pull the whole thing together. Um, and so by, by the time we started putting it out, we were just thinking, this is, the whole thing was a fiasco. We just did this for the moment. No one is going to like this. And we're just going to do it anyway. It was like, it was this conscious decision that we were like, this is imperfect, and we are going to do it anyway. And then <laughs> we had the most amazing response to it. People were just getting so involved in it. And I even had a point when I was like, guys, I want to take it down. People are watching this. They're saying stuff about it. And they're like, they're saying stuff about it. So no, that was, yeah. So it did kind of choose me in a way, but kind of the same thing happened again this year with deciding to do a second project. Mm-hmm. We were all just feeling a little mm-hmm. like we, we need another creative outlet. And so mm-hmm. idea to put more time and thought into Horizons, which was exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little less panicky when you start putting <laughs> yeah. it out and able to actually plan things through. <laughs> yeah have organization and structure to things yeah. so. <laughs> um so then kind of going into your writing process so what is your writing process like oh dear <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> yeah like what was the writing process for writing majors oh <laughs> for writing majors it was about as contrary to my normal writing process as possible I normally am a massive perfectionist and I way overthink everything and every word has to be exactly what I'm intending it to be um and with writing it was like okay Shelby so we need scripts now and so we had 
it, the major collaborative effort, like writing, writing effort with writing majors was a big Facebook message where we're throwing out names of authors that we want to include and we're throwing <laughs> out cool facts and just, just throwing everything into this one message and letting ideas just spark and say, what if, what if, what if? And so we came up with those and some of those still made it in and some did <laughs> just um, letting things kind of fall into place. So with the, the group of, I think it was mostly um, Cody, Carly and I came up with the, the skeleton structure of the, that. And then I went through and wrote the big plot point episodes where we knew like these are the important things that need to happen. Mm-hmm. And then we looked back and said, okay, so how do we need to get this character from this emotional place to this emotional place? And then we would either kind of weave that into the episodes that had been written or we would use the um, use the kind of not blank episodes, but you know, we have where this thing happens, then how are we going to get them to this point? Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> trying to just weave in all of the, the character development and the plot points. And mm-hmm. a lot of the time, I don't, I don't consider myself a comedic writer. And I think it's really important with web series to have, you can't just be serious all the time. You have to have your funny moments. And so I would reach out with those a lot to someone else on the team and be like, I need a funny thing to happen at this point. Ideas. And that's, <laughs> you know, again, some of those characters, I mean, just the, the whole concept of author, Oscar Wilde and um, Emily Dickinson existing in the same world or like, like this is just inherently ridiculous in itself yeah. you can't think of personalities who are more, um, more contrary to each other mm-hmm. so let's just let them go and see what happens. <laughs> How did your writing process change to Horizons? Horizons was something that I had had as an idea so long ago uh, I actually had initially thought of it as a book idea, mm-hmm. but when I started thinking about it, it was like the, the really the young adult novel dystopian concept is mm-hmm. so flooded right now. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I had wanted to write something like that since high school, since I was really into Hunger Games at the time and stuff, and just realized okay, that's not going to be the right place for it. Uh, um, so that I had been kind of sitting on this idea for a long time. And then um, somebody on the team says, we should do something post-apocalyptic. And I was like, well, <laughs> oh, I have this concept. It's one of those things I had had, just some notes on that lying around. And again, with the, with our projects, because we are kind of isolated in the Midwest, like Oklahoma and we end up doing some stuff in Missouri here too, uh, we have to really keep an eye on who we have available to work with. And you know, so like we're drawing a lot from um, the talent pool that is like our friends and their friends or their like acting programs that they're in the school mm-hmm. um, so I was living in California at this point and Cody was in Oklahoma and Carly was in Missouri and so I just talked to each of them and they gave me just kind of a rundown of some of the different people and, and types that they had in their programs and we pulled together characters from that. I really like to start with characters a lot of the time. Um, mm-hmm. So like kind of the base structure of the story and where it's going. But then once you know the characters, you know what's actually going to happen, if that makes any sense. I don't know. I feel like I'm talking sense. in circles here. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, we created those characters. And then I, I really just like to right around what's going to happen with people um and with horizons too because it does have that like dystopian or whatever element 
moment, there was a lot of room for what are we trying to say with this? Because I think every dystopia has some kind of messaging in it. And so mm-hmm. I love that about writing fiction is that you can say things that you would be more hesitant to directly say, like in a video blog or something. You, mm-hmm. can, you can have conversations. So mm-hmm. you can have characters saying both sides of the issue and you can, um, you can paint a general truth under a world that doesn't actually exist and just let people apply it to their, their world as they will. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was actually kind of a stressful element, trying to weave that into the, the writing process on this. Uh, I, I like to outline and then usually the characters throw my outline out the window, but as long as you have time to, <laughs> to yeah. really pull that um, back in place. And sometimes you just have this gap and you're going, I don't know. And a character stands up and does something crazy and you're like, of course that's what's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So base crazy and have imaginary friends who <laughs> do all the work for me. <laughs> just let things go. Yeah. No, I definitely think that makes sense. Especially like I'm the same way where I I start with character a lot of the time because I feel like once you know the characters, you know if you know them well enough, you'll know what they want and what's in their way, and there's your plot sort right. of. Hopefully. I don't know. I'm yeah. like kind of the opposite. I'm very plot driven. I love yeah. plots. Mm-hmm. I love plotting. plotting I'm terrible things. at plot. Like I remember, I wrote my first novel like senior year of high school, and I gave it to my friend, and she read it, and she was like, "Oh, this is this is great, but like, there's no plot." <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like, but my characters are so quirky and cool, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. Doesn't I, I yeah, I love a good character-driven story yeah. too. Like, um, I mean, looking at something like. Jane Eyre, which I happen to love. Mm-hmm. There's so that actually happens in the book, but it's just so much beauty of the place and the characters and letting them kind of exist. I don't know. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, it's like exploring someone else's world and someone else's universe and it doesn't necessarily need to have any like huge, I don't know, like action scenes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's nice just to step into someone else's world. A richly developed yeah. world. I don't know. Oh, okay. So we talked about that, about LIW stuff a little bit. I'm really excited for Horizons. I've watched the first two episodes, so. I have to go watch <laughs> you. Um, actually, like, when I was making Northbound, I, I put a few links in the description of the project, and the writing majors was one of them, because I was like, oh, this is one of my favorites, oh. so. Like, you guys go watch this so you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is an LIW because like no one, if you're if you're not in the LIW community, like no one knows what you're talking about. They're like, oh, right. oh that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, webisodes. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I had to be very familiar with. Yes. I mean, I was like passingly familiar with the LIW community, but Anya has yeah. dragged me down the rabbit hole of oh. that with Horizons because at, at this point people kind of on our team get the idea of LAW and yeah. presence isn't like a direct adaptation, mm-hmm. but it's kind of the thing where it's like, this could have been a book and we can't just adapt yeah. a young adult. Cause it's inspired by an HG Wells story, right? Yes. Yeah. It's basically like the HG Wells story would be the prequel to it. And that's mm-hmm. like where, it, mm-hmm. um, so no, I was trying to, I was telling them this idea and they were just like, hi, this seems like way too 
big idea to try to do in vlog format. Mm-hmm. There's this whole world, and we can't go create a dystopian world. Um, and so I was actually directing people to Carmilla. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, like they have a person that turns into a cat. Like it's just you have to see how you can handle these things in non-traditional ways, which I love that with the, the you know, budget hurdles and things that you have doing these really um, starter projects or whatever you want to call them. But yeah. you have to find, find creative ways to tell the story that you have to tell. And so this one happened to be quite large. So I'm hoping that we... I feel good about how we pulled it yeah. off in the end, but we'll see. It's cool to be able to, like, innovate and try new things and not be, you know, not do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. any movie where they set in, you know, the future is going to be, like, starring CGI yeah. plus some people, too. And so being able yeah. to make it just a, a character story and you're going to, you know, just believe this world because... We say it is. So yeah. that that was I thought Carmilla was so cool for that reason. That yeah. Was... I'm I'm a big fan of Carmilla. What was it like being in front of the camera for the writing majors and then behind the scenes for Horizons? Like how how were those experiences different? Um that was one of my stipulations with Horizons. <laughs> I said, Okay, we can do a project, but I am not acting in this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I draw my line. I will not be on camera again. Um I mean, just the, the way we structured writing majors has Carly and Cody and I had those couple of weeks entirely free. And we said, okay, so this story has to center on these three people, which meant, I mean, I was usually operating camera and then running into the camera and doing stuff and then having to look at footage, which made it really difficult, made it really difficult to direct because I didn't yeah. feel like I could say, okay, well, let me tell you how to do your performances differently Mine was flawless. And so <laughs> we all just had to. Like, yeah. In reality, I was like, please replace me. <laughs> I was so uncomfortable. Um, so we all just really had to be accountable for one another. Yeah. Um, thankfully, we're all really familiar with each other. And so I would say, you guys direct me, direct each other. We're just you know, all in this together. Um, mm-hmm. It was so nice with Horizons then. We actually, um, so we shot half of it in Tulsa and half of it in Springfield. And what we shot in Springfield, we actually had a director of photography there who's um, a film student at uh, Missouri State, which is where most of our actors came from. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to actually stand there and watch what's happening and say, try it again this way. I was able to actually direct, which yeah. was a beautiful <laughs> experience. Um, I was quite fond of that. Um, I, I don't know. I think I have a tendency to be a little bit of a control freak. And so... Horizons was really good for learning how to delegate out some responsibilities and then hopefully future projects we can delegate out even more and I can just write a script and say, somebody do this. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Heard our friend the siren again. Yeah. Yeah. Not as bad. I kind of like it now. It's kind of like a special thing for this episode. <laughs> take, a, take a drink every time the siren goes by. A drink of tea. Yes. Not alcohol. So next, <laughs> next questions, next questions, next question. Uh, do you have any things like books, movies, TV shows that kind of inspire you or that inspire your work? I feel like those things are just all over the place. <laughs> um, so for a particular project, it could be inspired by different things. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, writing 
majors, writing majors style-wise, I was inspired a lot by um, Nothing Much to Do. Mm-hmm. And just, like, as another lit web series, looking at that. Um, there was also, we actually had the concept of trying to combine characters from books instead of the authors on that. And then we were like, oh, that's Once Upon a Time. So I guess in yeah. a way, something like that, those kind of crossover shows um, mm-hmm. inspire a lot. Um, I lately, and this hasn't made it really into a project yet, but, um, I've been really into Richard Linklater's before trilogy, like before before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight. Um, they're all just very dialogue driven. Um, it's all, all just like these two characters and, um, very real time realistic. That's just had me kind of thinking in a different way about projects, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I guess with these horizons, it would be so many different things. It really was uh, kind of indulging in getting to write it as a project because I read so many dystopian books in high school. That was what I was so into. I mean, I had dark hair that I would braid all the time, and I was like, I am Katniss. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like, I mean, style-wise, you'll succeed. We went a little crazy with costuming, and it's very, like, Mortal Instruments style-inspired. Mortal nice. <laughs> um, Instruments and UK skins. Like, I don't know how that became a combination, but that was the <laughs> costuming inspiration around there. Um, no, so I think my, my projects and my style changes a lot as I grow and as my interests change, as my interests change, um, and I'm still, I guess, trying to find what my long-term style would be, but I'll, I'm just kind of an eclectic person. Mm-hmm. So I could definitely see myself having just better all over the place because that's life. So. so how do you go about balancing making enough money to live and pursuing your art and traveling. Writing, traveling. And, and shit. Yeah. And do you have any advice uh, for people that are trying to balance that? I would like I would like advice on it myself. I'm just kind of winging it. <laughs> winging yeah. it. Um, I find that I go through kind of phases where I'm really dedicated to one thing and then I have to move on to the next thing. And I don't know if it's the healthiest way to balance it. Where, um, like I was saying, when I knew I wanted to go take a long-term trip, mm-hmm. I said, okay, for the next six months, I'm living with my parents and I'm going to work full-time and just put away every penny that I can. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to travel and then hopefully that's going to lead to something else. And it, I don't know, it gets confusing because then you get really wrapped up in the one thing that you're doing and then you have to remember, oh, oh the other thing. And so um, I've definitely found that times when I am just working and trying to save up money are some of the best times for me to write uh, Mm -hmm. because I'm not traveling. I'm not off doing other things. And so um, I was living in LA with family for a little while and didn't have my whole friend group, all my people out there. And so I would go to work and then I would come home and work on Horizon scripts and collaborate on that with people all the time. Yeah, I (laughs) wish I had better advice I can I can go on and on with the travel stuff but that's not really what this is about (laughs) but oh no I just I tend to go through phases of almost ah, I don't want to say stagnation but phases where you have to stop doing one thing and save up the money to do the Mm -hmm. other thing and long-term goal I would love to be able to make money while doing those other things you have like a remote job and be able to do that in travel at the same time or be able to create travel content 
event, which would be an awesome thing to be able to actually film stuff abroad and, and use that. As, mm-hmm. Do you do any sort of, of like travel writing? Do you have a travel blog oh. or anything sort of I, like that? I've done some travel vlogging. So actually when I did semester at sea, I got a scholarship and my project was to keep a video blog of the journey. So that is, if you actually, if you search semester at sea, you'll see my face and (laughs) me talking about each of the countries that we go to. It was very Lizzie inspired. There was actually a girl in the comments who was like, you remind me of Lizzie Bennett. And then a little bit later, she's like, you really remind me of Lizzie Bennett. And then at the end, I said something about Lizzie Bennett. And she was just like, this just made my day. <laughs> okay, cool. We found another Lily Bennett semester at sea person. <laughs> um, and then this last trip that I took, I oh, I recorded so much. And I have actually edited and uploaded video blogs for the first maybe month of the five-month trip. And that's all footage that I'm sitting on that I really need to do something with. It's... Again, having to prioritize projects and know when when to do what can be can be a handful. <laughs> so, where do you feel like you are right now in your like cycle of of rest of, and uh, travel and everything? Yeah, <laughs> the chaos of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually in a pretty cool place right now. Um, I actually have a job in Chicago that is related to digital media. It's not exactly. It's not like production based. Mm-hmm. I'm working with digital textbooks, which is really cool. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I'm actually making money and taking steps professionally. Well, um, it's also just been really cool to be in a new city, which almost feels like traveling because mm-hmm. it's getting to go and explore and see new things. Um, and then coming home and uploading episodes of Horizon. So I'm actually at kind of the best of all of the worlds for the moment, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. <laughs> you've, you've struck the balance. Yeah, I feel like creators, you know, you have to go in the cycle of like, okay, saving money, like working, and then like make a thing and then start all over. <laughs> and like all the money's gone. Yeah, yeah. Find more. Last serious question. What do you think are some challenges that creators face today? This one, this might be me personally, but I like to think that it's maybe a more applicable problem as I feel like we just have... Um, kind of an excess where mm-hmm. there's like an, an excess of projects that are out there and it's hard to stand out, but there's also just an excess of opportunities, uh, which is counterintuitive to call that a problem, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to know what do you commit to and how do you not end up spread too thin over too mm-hmm. many different things? Because something like the internet is so open, it's not like you have to fight and fight, fight and fight to get involved in something. You can just start up 10 different things if you want to uh, and knowing how how to be proactive and be you know creating things and and building up your skills and your portfolio and your resume without ending up spread too thin and, and knowing what to take seriously or like what what projects to really pursue I guess if that yeah. makes sense <laughs> no it definitely does and now it's time for fun questions we're doing a new thing now where um, we give the person we're interviewing a chance to come up with a theme song. Is that my cue? Yep, that's your cue. Go. Here come the fun ones. <laughs> yes. That was beautiful. 10 wow, out of 10. Was, uh... First question. If you could go on a trip with any of the writing majors characters, who would it be? I have to say Jack because 
Jack Kerouac's one who's actually gonna take a crazy trip. <laughs> <laughs> Would he be a good trip partner, you think? Like, oh no, he'd be terrible. But <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I mean, I've read on the road. I know how his trips go. No, we would, but it would be the most. Um, it would be the most unexpected, which I always look for. Whereas I feel like taking any any of the others along, I would have to be the one saying, "This is what we're doing," and on that one, I would with you know, with Jack. Be along for the ride. Just kind of follow along the whirlwind. And, yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, you know, someone like Jane would be super fun to travel with, but it would be not all that different than just traveling with any of my other friends. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like Emily would be the worst. She'd be like, we have to plan everything ahead of time, and I have to know exactly yeah. what I'm getting into. That would be me, actually. So <laughs> don't travel with me. How about a weir- your weirdest travel story? Okay, so there was... I was volunteering at a hostel in Budapest for a while, and there was a group of Irish guys who were staying there on St. Patrick's Day. And so they come in first thing in the morning with a bunch of uh, like green aprons. They say, we're going out for St. Patty's. And so that was a fun day. And along the way, we uh, met this Croatian girl who had just gotten into town and she was like, oh, I'm looking for a place to stay. And so we brought her back to the hostel and she checked in and left her stuff. And then I had to stay at the hostel and do my like volunteering stuff at the desk. And they all, all went out for the night. And, and later that night, I got a call from the Hungarian police saying, we've found this Croatian girl running around naked in the streets screaming. <laughs> and she says, she says that she's staying at your hostel. And we're like, oh, good, because none of us actually know what's up with this girl. And we're like, is she okay? Has she been hurt? And they're like, we have no idea. We barely speak English. And I definitely didn't speak Hungarian. Um, So Hungarian police end up coming to the hostel and getting all of her stuff because she needed clothes and stuff. She was, um, was, I think, at a hospital or something. They were just checking her out to make sure she was all right. Um, And so we were all just kind of like, okay, we're going to let this go. Hopefully she's, you know, okay. She's yeah. got all her stuff now. Don't expect her to come back. Um, and then the next day, she shows back up as though nothing has happened and starts yeah. telling us that she wants to practice her routine for us. And we were like, what? <laughs> it turns out she was an ac- <laughs> she's an acrobat. <laughs> and she made us, like, cue up all of these different songs on the Apple TV. Um, and she starts doing this, like, dramatic juggling and <laughs> ridiculous acrobatics routine in the middle of the like hostel living room and like had us all turn off the lights and and sit down and watch her performance and we were just like who did we meet was Um, she wearing clothes that that time (laughs) was wearing clothes um there was like a there was like a quick change involved in the performance though where i think she had like a long skirt and she took off part of it and we all were like (gasps) but it was okay because she had shorts on but (laughs) just a little nervous like (laughs) she's just like a streaker or something (laughs) <laughs> it's part of her show Hogwarts house yeah next question Hogwarts house what's your Hogwarts house okay so I am a Ravenclaw I am definitely a Ravenclaw even if Pottermore has called me a Slytherin more than once wow <laughs> um, it, was, it was like traumatizing when I first took this quiz and and it called me a Slytherin. I was really not okay with that. I feel like the Slytherin answers are, like, usually pretty obvious. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I mean, 
again, I was having like an identity crisis because yeah. of this. I was going around and asking, am I a Slytherin? And he's like, no, you're the Slytherin person. I know you are the most Ravenclaw. And I was like, okay, that's what I thought. And the most recent time that I took it, like I, I let it sit for a long time and thought, I'm going to just work on me <laughs> and make sure that I'm being the person I want to be. I took it again. I got a Raven, that Ravenclaw. Oh, okay. 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 You're, you're All is then. right in the universe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it depends on like which test you get the day that you take it because you can get yeah. different questions. So Definitely. like some of your, you might be a slightly Slytherin-ish Ravenclaw, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I've heard they have those mashup turns where it's like a Slytherclaw oh, or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like I could I could jive in any of the houses, honestly. next to the kitchen and like that's an important that's feature. That's true. Well, that was the thing. I was like crying when I was sorted into Slytherin. Not really crying, but I was yeah. saying, I don't want to live in the dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess of, of the common rooms, like Hufflepuff and Gryffindor do sound the best to me. Because like Gryffindor would be super cozy and mm-hmm. Hufflepuff, you know, obviously close to the kitchen and full of It's plants. like a hobbit house. Yeah, it has a bunch of plants and stuff. Oh, and the doors are round. No, my friend and I at one point, uh, we were coming up with the concept for like a Harry Potter coffee shop and bar or something oh and we were like, like Gryffindor would be oh gosh what was it like the like the sitting area kind of like the Gryffindor common room and mm-hmm. it's all um, comfortable and then Ravenclaw would be like a library kind of area um Slytherin would be the bar and then Hufflepuff would be a hookah lounge uh-huh. <laughs> yes I want to go to this bar I would start like, it hang out at like, that bar so hard yeah right <laughs> How about last fun question? Your OTP. Um, <laughs> we force it upon everyone. So, yeah. The problem is, I'm like the biggest cynic at the moment, um, and so I think, which I mentioned this series earlier, the um, the Before trilogy by like that's directed by Richard Linklater. There's this couple named Jesse and Celine, and. They're not your normal OTP because they have a lot of problems, but I love how realistic they are. And so I believe in Jesse and Celine. <laughs> they meet on a train in Europe and it's kind of travel related and just like a lot of really interesting and deep conversations. And it, I think the first movie is like the most accurate description of the, the um, like process of actually connecting with someone or falling for someone that mm-hmm. I've seen depicted. It's not like one of these over-the-top, kissing-in-the-rain kind of things. I love that. And that's not about the web series. It's just, like, as a trope. Anyway, um, it's just very realistic, their connection. I love it. And now it is time for a subtle segue into the continuing story. Here's a quick review of what's happening, what's been going on in the continuing story. So last time we ended with The book Stephanie was reading was The Art of War. From behind her back, she pulled a large sword. Teach me, master. So is she saying teach me, master, or is the cat saying this? Oh, I don't know. No, I think they meant for the the girl to be saying that. Okay. Admire your spontaneity, the cat replied with a sage smirk. But the fact that you believe yourself so immediately ready to fight proves how much you must learn before we can begin. Yay! I like it. I like it a lot. Yo, yeah. Where um, can we find you on the internet? Yes. Yeah. So my Twitter handle is Shelby L. Stillwell, like middle initial L. 
Um, or on Instagram, I am travel size Shelby. And then you can find Betwixt Media, the group that produces all of our shows at uh, Betwixt Productions, but our Twitter handle is Betwixt Media. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. You made it through. Thanks again to Shelby for joining us today. And as always, thank you for listening. You. Thank you. Not them. Not that asshole sitting next to you. You. You specifically. We're talking about you. you. If you think that we're talking about you, we are talking about you. Yeah, if you think that we're talking about someone else listening to this podcast, you're just fucking wrong. We're talking about you. I'm putting this in. (laughs) (laughs) You can follow us on Twitter at creativitytime or at creativitytime.tumblr.com. The continuing story lives on Tumblr, and we always love getting feedback. Let us know what you're thinking. Until next time, happy tea drinking! Clink! Greatest city in the world! The greatest city!